Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This week we'll be taking a deeper dive into the second chapter of Ephesians. What is the God of the Bible like? What has God done for us in Christ? In this chapter, the Apostle Paul presents us with a catalog of contrasts that leave us speechless in wonder and worship. We pray this study of the timeless truth of God's Word will give you a sturdier trust in our Lord this week. If you'd like to learn more about the Village Chapel, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Now, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotion. Hey, we're walking through Ephesians together, 15 to 20 minutes a day, chapter a week, six weeks in a row, 30 episodes in total, just on the book of Ephesians, this ancient letter, so rich in so many ways, um, rich in describing all of the wonderful things that God has done for us in Christ. And then as well, teaching us how to respond to God in light of all of those things that God has done for us in Christ. Coming to the last four verses of chapter two today, uh, verses 19, 20, 21, and 22, where he's going to talk about what it means to be drawn near uh, to God and to the church, to God's people, the body of Christ, as it's variously called. And I don't know if you've ever felt like an outsider or like somebody who didn't fit or doesn't belong. But man, this passage is for you if you felt that way. And some people feel that way um, on a vertical level uh, when it comes to God. They they just, it, they are not... Uh, sure what it would take for them to have a right relationship with God. They don't feel like God could love them. They don't feel like um, uh, there's any closeness with God. And the Apostle Paul is so good in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 of dealing with those kinds of subjects and those kinds of issues. If you're wrestling with that, man, I hope you'll listen to the next 10 or 15 minutes as we go through this passage together. But he also is talking uh, uh, quite a bit about the things that divide us on a horizontal level as, um, as, as, as people, as individuals, as, as people who might uh, have a different color skin, people who might have come from a different uh, nation or people group. And I'll remind us all that the end goal of the entire Bible, when you get to the book of Revelation, is this amazing gathering of worship before the Lamb of God, before the throne of God. And it's people from every tribe and tongue and nation and people group speaking every kind of language and yet all raising their voices together with, with sort of this combined hallelujah, heavenly hallelujah, um, as we praise and worship King Jesus. So this is where it's all going. And the Christian faith and the Bible itself to me are so beautiful for that because of the universal offer of the gospel. It is available. It's an offer to you and to me. Declaration of good news on offer to everyone. And the only question that then remains is, will you believe? How will you respond to this kindness of God's offer? Let's see how the Apostle Paul describes what God has done for us in Christ when it comes to sort of bridging the gap, the separation that some of us sometimes feel. He says in verse 19 that because of Christ being in our lives, you then are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints 
and are of God's household. There's so much right there, but I've got to finish reading it first because uh, I, I think you, you get the whole thing when you, you see it or you hear it read together. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens. You are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom, that's the Lord, you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So once again, a very Trinitarian passage. You have uh, God the Father, just referred to as God. You've got the Spirit mentioned here right at the end. And then, of course, you've got Christ Jesus himself, mentioned here. So again, throughout our Bibles, while the word uh, Trinity itself doesn't show up, uh, God is constantly revealing himself uh, throughout the pages of the Bible uh, as being three in person and one in essence. The God uh, of the Bible is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, what he says here is that in Christ, in him, if you will, we are no longer strangers and aliens. And we are now fellow citizens with the saints uh, and are of God's household. So that first metaphor really is about becoming members of the family of God, isn't it? Citizens in his kingdom, if you want to say it that way. There's so many different ways that the New Testament um, language uses to make sure that we get it, that we who felt strange and displaced, we who felt like outsiders because of the gospel offer, can become insiders, can become members of the household, not just people who are trying to work our, work our way in from the outside. No, not at all. God has literally thrown open uh, the huge doors to his throne room of grace, and he has invited us in. So it's responding to an invitation that you want to do. It's not trying to balance out the moral scales or in some, some way try to achieve or purchase some kind of salvation. Grace is opposed to earning, folks. It's not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. And grace is a gift, a free gift to those who are really guilty and undeserving, and that's me. And that's you, if you're honest. We are guilty sinners undeserving of God's kindness and his offer to become members of his family and members of his citizens in his kingdom. And yet here in Christ, in Ephesians chapter two, what we're told is we've been made alive in Christ. We were formerly dead in our trespasses and sin. We were formerly enslaved to our trespasses and sinful nature. Uh, we just couldn't say no to ourself. And we were formerly under the wrath of God, the righteous wrath of God towards sin and everything that's unholy um, throughout his creation. And one day, uh, the Bible tells us that he intends to set all things right. So our salvation deals with our past, our present, and our future. Um, in our past, we're saved by God in Christ. We're saved from the penalty of our sin. And in the present reality, we're saved now from the, the power of of sin itself. We actually can say no to our sin because we have the Holy Spirit living within us, working within us, empowering us to be 
his witnesses and to live our lives for the glory of God. And we as individuals are being shaped and influenced by the scriptures, um, by the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, transforming us, conforming us to the image of Christ. And so we have been set free in the past from the penalty of sin. We're set free in the, in the present from the, the power of sin. And in the future, uh, we will be set free from the presence of sin when the Lord Jesus returns and sets all things right again, including this heart, this mind, your heart, your mind, and our society of persons, and the whole creation itself will be renewed. It's a beautiful, wonderful promise, and this is a very hopeful, forward-looking gospel, and it's on offer to you and to me. Mm, I love that about the gospel. So we have these two metaphors, the family of God and the dwelling place of God. And I love uh, the way E. Stanley Jones used to talk about belonging to uh, the church and belonging to God. And he used to say that everybody who belongs to Christ belongs to everybody who belongs to Christ. He was you know, highlighting and, and emphasizing there that this vertical relationship has a horizontal impact, and it really does. And I know some of you are introverts, and I know that sometimes it's hard for you to walk into a church or walk into a social setting and there be other people, and you probably own the t-shirt that says, introverts of the world, unite at home alone, <laughs> unite um, separately, or whatever your, your t-shirt might say. But uh, we were designed and created for relationship. Just as we read in the scriptures that we were created in the image of God, um, part of the image of God is, as we see with the Trinitarian view of God, is that there's a relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So at their very essence, the three, person and three persons of the Holy Trinity are in relationship. And if you're created in the image of God, as we human beings all are, um, to become aware of the fact that we are relational, created to be relational. Um, we all long uh, to be known and to know others as well. From the, the day we are delivered as little babies. We are dependent creatures, dependent and interdependent. Um, As we grow older, we become more and more interdependent. Um, Even though you might become independent uh, in your your teen years and your 20s and all that sort of thing, you're still interdependent. We always need each other. We need one another, and that's so important. And here, in the person and work of Christ, as we belong to Jesus, we also belong to everyone else who belongs to Jesus. As far as being the dwelling place of God, I really love the way the Apostle Paul writes on this subject. Um, As individuals who are becoming a part of the dwelling place of God, the collective uh, dwelling place of God. But as individuals, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, um, whom you've received from God? And then he goes on with this really amazing claim. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 
And this is so contrary to what we are being taught and the way we're being shaped and influenced in the world in which we live right now. The emphasis in our day and time is all in the world as it thinks and acts apart from God is all on your rights and it's all on me, myself, and I and sort of uh, this uh, worshiping at the altar of autonomy. And that's such a myth. Um, There's nothing about us that naturally, really, ultimately is longing for autonomy. It's a false freedom. Um, And it's real important that we hear the scriptures here. You are not your own. I'm not my own. I don't belong to myself. And there is such great freedom in knowing that because I'm no longer striving to fight against every little longing in my heart to belong to God, longing in my heart to belong to others and to be in relationship with others. Now, Paul wrote all of that just to set us free, to to discover the freedom of actually being creatures who have been created by God and belong to the one who made us. And and the gospel, of course, is is taking it even a step further. And the Apostle Paul so clearly here in Ephesians chapter 2 saying, no longer strangers, no longer outsiders or aliens, but you've been in Christ, you've been brought into, you're members of the household of God. And that is just a wonderful and a beautiful treasure. I love the way John Stott says it. He says, I wonder if anything is more urgent today for the honor of Christ and for the spread of the gospel than what the church should be and should be seen to be, what by God's purpose and Christ's achievement, it already is a single new humanity, a model of human community, a family of reconciled brothers and sisters who love their father and love each other, the evident dwelling place of God by his spirit. And Stott goes on to say there's a purpose for this. There's a missional purpose. There's a a witness that is, is visible to the watching and listening world. He says only then, when we become that, will the world believe in Christ as peacemaker. Only then will God receive the glory due his name. And so we want to witness, but even the the ultimate purpose of our witness is not merely the salvation of souls, but also the glory of God. That's the highest and ultimate purpose. We have a firm foundation. This passage tells us these verses uh, use the term, we were built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So we, this household idea, this dwelling place of God, this these architectural images, I love this. Um, they are indeed rich and meaningful. Uh, the firm foundation is the, the teaching of the apostles and prophets. They all point to Jesus. Even the Old Testament, everything is pointing to God's Messiah coming and to the God who is in pursuit of a people he can call his own and the God who has done everything necessary for you and I to become his own. We belong to him by right of creation, but he wants us um, uh, in terms of relation, not just creation. He wants us to be his sons and daughters. And he's made that possible in the person and work of Jesus. How will you respond to that? How do I respond? Jesus himself is the cornerstone. And so all of the gospel and all of this offer of the gospel and declaration of the good news of the gospel depends on how we respond to him. It's 
He is the centerpiece. He's the corner. Everything rests on him. Everything is true in in its alignment with him, just like in in a foundation or in a cornerstone in a foundation. Without Jesus, we got nothing. See, it's all about Jesus. Even this experience, when I was talking earlier about uh, strangers and aliens, outsiders feeling like we don't fit, don't belong, whatever, all of that, we find the antidote to that, that problem mitigated, if you will, completely by Christ Jesus in the expression of his love in coming to a world of lost sinners like we are. Um, so powerful. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial, Tim Keller said. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. I think he's right there. Hey, let's walk in the light of this truth today. You, me, no longer strangers and aliens, no longer out of place, no longer outsiders. We belong to God's family. We're being fitted together with other believers into the household of God, the dwelling place of God, the the place where God is worshiped, God is loved and adored, God's word is honored, Christ's name is exalted, and Christ's people are united. Even though in so many ways, um, natural ways, we might not normally fit together, but to the glory of Christ, in Christ, we now fit together. The Holy Spirit is indeed moving among us here at the Village Chapel and at so many other churches around the world, shaping us, forming us into a dwelling place for God to serve as a city on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden in these dark times, even in these desperate times, even in these fearful times and acrimonious times. Let's be the people of God. Let's give glory to Jesus, our King. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for this passage. Uh, I pray that each and every one of us might see new ways today that we can um, be more like hosts and less like guests when we gather together with your people at church, that we can see ourselves as those who serve as opposed to those who are being served. Help us to be more like Jesus in that regard. Lord Jesus, you told us you came not to be served, but to serve. Help us to be more like you, Jesus, in that regard. And we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you uh, for your kindness and your loving heart toward us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our TVC Resources newsletter or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. At The Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.